0: Welcome to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for joining us today. Get ready to be inspired and motivated to live a high impact life. Now, here's Rick. Hey, welcome to the Point of Impact podcast. I'm Rick McDaniel. It's great to have you joining us again today in this special time of year, the holiday season. Great time to uh, just uh, take a break and do some relaxing, be around family and friends give some gifts, receive some gifts. Great time, great time of year in so many ways. It's also a time of year to consider spiritual things. Certainly the message of Christmas is the message of the birth of Jesus, the founder of Christianity. And what does that mean? And how might you connect spiritually? And that's what I want to talk about today. Talk about the, the spiritual side of your life and Do you have a spiritual life? And particularly, I want to talk about ways you can connect to God. Maybe you don't have a spiritual life, or you don't have as much of a spiritual life, because you're not connecting with God in the style that fits your life. And maybe no one has ever talked to you about the fact that there are different ways to connect with God. And if you could find the right way, the style that suits your life, you might be able to develop the spiritual part of your life. There's the physical and there's the spiritual. There's the natural, there's the supernatural. This is why Jesus said you must be born again. Obviously, a person can't be born physically a second time, but they can be born a second time spiritually. And that's what born again means, to be born spiritually spiritually. You can take a a huge step forward in your spiritual life, in your relationship with God, if you can sync up with the natural way in which you connect with God. Spiritual style is the way that you relate to God. It's how you connect with Him. And that style is, is unique to you. If you don't identify your spiritual style, then it's difficult to experience God's presence in your life. You may have some understanding of, Your spiritual style, but hopefully through this podcast today, you'll have a greater understanding of it, and maybe you don't have any understanding. If you struggle to connect with God in a meaningful way, learning your spiritual style is definitely going to help you. Most people have a, a predominant spiritual style, maybe a secondary style as well. A guy named Gary Thomas wrote a book called Sacred Pathways, and He talks about spiritual pathways. I call them spiritual styles. I think that they're helpful in understanding how can you come to know God and come to know God better in a way that, again, like all the other styles that we've been talking about in the many episodes we've done coming out of my book, You Got Style, How Discovering. Your personal style impacts your faith. There it is, your family, your finances, and so much more. That here's the the faith part of it. How, How can you develop your faith by understanding your personal style? So let me list these styles out for you and see if one of them really resonates with you. The first is the naturalist style. Now, the naturalist is the person who connects with God through nature on a mountain, in the woods, by a river, at the beach. This is when they sense God's presence and nature replenishes them spiritually. They feel energized by God when they're in a natural setting. When they consider the greatness and the vastness of creation, mountains and valleys, rivers and streams, deserts, forests, oceans, it connects them to God. They marvel at how the Rockies are different from, say, the White Mountains, which are in New Hampshire, my part of the country. How those are different from Appalachia, which is near where I live now, which are different from deserts, which are different from rainforests, which are different from beaches. I mean, there's just all this nature, and it's so marvelous. I love going to these national parks. I love traveling around the world, and I've been to the rainforest rainforests, In Brazil, it's fascinating to experience that. It's fascinating to experience all types of natural places. Being around nature helps the naturalist see the magnitude of God's beauty, and that helps him or her connect with God. The naturalist believes that nature reveals who God is. So whether they're watching a butterfly or ocean waves crashing onto rocks, that is more spiritually meaningful to a naturalist than maybe even listening to a sermon or reading a book. The naturalist can visualize spiritual truth and sees the physical as mirroring, mirroring the, the spiritual. The unseen spiritual world becomes more real to them when they're in touch with the physical natural world. I mean, that's fascinating, right? That actually having being in touch with the natural actually ends up helping them with the spiritual. Somebody like John the Baptist would have been a naturalist. Uh, And in in more, say, modern or contemporary settings, someone like, uh, say, Dr. Paul Brand uh, would have been a naturalist. And even Gary Thomas, who wrote this Sacred Pathways book, considers himself a naturalist. So if you're a naturalist, you know, you'd consider taking a walk in the woods or hiking up a mountain as a spiritual experience. And though others may not understand that motivation, you know that that's how you can draw closer to and, and connect with God. Now, that's not all there is to it, and we'll talk about that, because it isn't just, you know, God in some broad generic sense, and I just go into nature, nature's God. That's, that's not really what I'm talking about, but we'll define that in, in a moment. The second style is the intellectual style. Individuals with the intellectual style, they need their mind activated in order to connect with God. They enjoy reading. They want to study the Bible, theology, church history, hermeneutics, which is how to, the science of how to interpret the Bible. The more they learn about God, the closer they get to God. The more they learn about him with their mind. The intellectual wants to, to think more than they necessarily want to feel about their faith. It's not that they don't have feelings or lack feelings. It's that they, they come to God through their mind. Faith to them is something to be understood as much as to be experienced. And again, as we go through these styles, you'll see that's fascinating because for some it's, it's the very opposite of that some some come to god through their experience and and not through their not through their mind so it's it's interesting we're all different that's what the styles are all about some people um, they they criticize you know this mentality they say that you need to get in touch with your feelings and emotions in order to experience god and, and an intellectual would say something like first and foremost i need to connect with god through my mind because that's the kind of spiritual style i have and that's the path, that's the pathway that leads me to connecting with God and growing with him. And the Apostle Paul in the Bible is a great example, really, of someone who had the intellectual, spiritual style. And people like C.S. Lewis, very, very famous writer, and I'd highly recommend his writings. Chuck Colson are, again, more modern examples of people who have the intellectual style. They came to God through their intellect. They wanted to, to understand God, and they wanted other people to understand that they could come to God through their mind too. It could be a freeing moment for you to realize that you know you don't have to check your brain at the door of the church, for instance. That that's not in fact the case. That you can use your mind and your intellect in order to to connect with God in a greater way. A third spiritual style is the contemplative. The contemplative person connects with God through uninterrupted time alone with Him. And the key word is alone. Contemplative individuals are sometimes criticized about their social habits. You know, why don't you like to be around people more? Why aren't you in a group? But they prioritize their time alone with God. They have a, they have a, a large capacity for prayer and can often, frankly, pray longer than others. That doesn't make them better or more spiritual, by the way. It's just their spiritual style. They value solitude and simplicity. And that is rare in our modern culture. Well, not not a lot of solitude, I mean, a lot of noise, not a lot of a lot of earbuds, but not a lot of solitude, not a lot of simplicity. But hey, that might be you. That's a, that's that's great. The contemplative lives a simple life. It's not very materialistic. They they want the spiritual focus to be on on uh, being more than doing doesn't mean that doing things for God is inappropriate or should be discouraged. It's just that contemplatives are just more introspective. They are more internally focused. A contemplative does not like a lot of outward distractions, so they, they may find themselves at odds with those who have other spiritual styles that they think are inherently distracting. Contemplatives often encourage uh, engage in meditation, centering prayer, which is prayer that centers on just one word or phrase repeated over and over again. They like to incorporate the the Jesus prayer into centered prayer sessions because it's 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 a very short prayer and it's e- easy to repeat. These are the kind of folks who really like to do kind things for others but they prefer to do it anonymously. They may secretly bless someone or pray for them or give them something but they don't necessarily want to be known within the bible mary martha's sister is a good example of a contemplator she wanted to be with jesus martha was doing things and she just wanted to sit at the feet of jesus and martha was frustrated that her sister wasn't helping and doing things and jesus said hey you know leave her alone let her let her do richard foster is a contemplative wrote the celebration of discipline also wrote prayer two great books dallas willard to be another example there are many, many contemplators throughout church history. Brother Lawrence, Saint John of the Cross, Teresa of Avila—I mean, on and on. The list goes. It's, it's, it's a long list. Long list. There's—I took an entire course in college on just this this subject of the contemplatives. There are many, many, many for sure. Here's another spiritual style: the activist. Activists connect with God through action. They're single-minded, focused persons. They have a strong sense of vision that guides them spiritually. They have a great passion. They, it could be, you know, the, for the church to expand and grow the, the church, or it could be for justice. They want to right wrongs and call things out that they that they see as sinful or evil. So activists interact with people. You know, it's the very opposite of the contemplative. They want they want to interact with people. In fact, they 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 want to confront. They want to take risks. They, they want to bring out uh, truth and the God given potential of others. They want to make a difference with their faith. And when they see change and when they see growth and when they see impact, this causes them to connect with God in a greater way. Activists want to take on causes that they feel are right, are just. Nehemiah was an activist. He saw the need for the walls of Jerusalem to be rebuilt, so he took on the job of rebuilding them. William Booth, who is the founder of the Salvation Army, was an activist. In in more modern times, someone like Bill Hybels is an activist because he started a whole new movement of contemporary churches, and those Those churches, really, I mean, it's just taken over. I mean, almost all of the major impacting churches, not all, but many are contemporary churches. Many of the new churches that have been started are contemporary churches. And they all trace, in one form or fashion, trace themselves back to Bill Hybels. Some of the pastors of those churches today, they got their initial training, their initial vision, ideas about contemporary church from Bill Hybels. I'm talking about people like Ed Young Jr., Craig Rochelle, Andy Stanley. These guys were all heavily influenced by this activist spiritual style of Bill Hybels, which turned out to just uh, create an incredible movement of churches, the Willow Creek Association. Another spiritual style is the traditionalist. Now, this again, it's like the opposite of, say, what we're just talking about, the contemporary style, church. Their traditionalness connects with God through ritual and liturgy. These individuals really love and are moved by symbols and icons. They're eager to practice the sacraments that they believe define the Christian faith. They want to be traditional in the truest sense of the word. They want to go back to the apostles and try to follow ancient traditions. So this is very different than from say a contemporary style. These folks who who uh, who are traditionalists that they follow the the, the 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 liturgical calendar, the Christian calendar. They observe Epiphany and Lent and Easter and Pentecost. So they. They really uh, enjoy uh, the traditions of the church. They like to repeat formal prayers, many of which were written long, long, long time ago. Traditionists believe in a a disciplined life of faith. It's important not just to attend church, but to be a member. They consider things like prayer and tithing non-negotiable. So this, this involves groups like the Anglican and the Greek Orthodox and uh, Roman Catholics, certainly certain folks in the Roman Catholic Church, because they all appeal to historic Christianity. Ezra was the kind of person in the Bible who was concerned about spiritual traditions and, and regulations, for instance, so he, he would be an example of of a traditionalist, someone like Michael Yusuf, who pastors a traditional Church of the Apostles in Atlanta, he's a modern traditionalist. I mean, has a television broadcast and everything, but it does not look like other television broadcasts of more contemporary style. If you were to look at, say, a Joel Osteen broadcast and then look at a Michael Yusuf broadcast, you'd see the difference. It's and it's it's significant. And even someone like Mel Gibson is a traditionalist in, in terms of his Catholic faith. So there are all kinds of folks that come from it. Now, again, if you're a more contemporary style person like me, you know people. In my church, they just they just don't necessarily understand it. You know, they can't figure out why would someone want to go to that kind of church instead instead of this kind of church. But again. It's all about what is your spiritual style and how can you best connect with God. It isn't about which is right and which is wrong. It's about which one helps you to connect with God the best. The enthusiast style. Now, this is the kind of person that really connects with God through praise and worship. These are the kind of people that would say something like, I'm about to get my praise on you know, they love the singing and the worshiping. I mean, these are the folks that they just can't get enough of, you know, Hillsong and and Bethel and Elevation Worship. Man, they just, they just love the worship music and they love the, the part of the service where there's the praise and worship time. Unlike intellectuals who seek to engage their mind and don't care as so much about feelings, enthusiasts don't care so much about the mind, but definitely want to connect emotively so, so it's interesting you can see as we go through these that there's almost like a mirror we've been through six so far and there's like a mirror to each one of these there's one that this way and one that's almost the exact opposite of that and that's uh that's okay that's not a bad thing it's just a reflection of how people are different and because people are different they connect with God differently the enthusiast wants to feel God. They love to, to, to praise, to worship, and the midst of worship is where their heart comes alive and they feel close to God. They like to clap and raise their hands. They love to feel moved by the Spirit. Doesn't mean that others don't believe the Spirit is alive and working. It's just that being very vocal about praise and worship is just a part of their enthusiast spiritual style. They're creative. And then they thank God. Uh, and I thank God for them because they bring a lot of creativity into the church. And unlike the contemplative, wants to be alone, These the, the enthusiasts are highly relational. They want to be around people. You know, When's the next time we can get together? What group can I be a part of? They want to be where people are. Then they are somewhat mystical. They will see things in maybe a more highly spiritual way. They really want other people to worship, and they, they want them to, to sense the presence of God. King David was an enthusiast. He loved the worship and would dance before the Lord, even, even if it embarrassed his own wife. Pastor Jack Hafer in California many years ago started uh, writing and, and, and really developing a theology of worship. And he's a great example of an enthusiast and, you know, people like Chris Tomlin, for instance, and again, some of those others that I just talked about. Another style is the sensate. Sensates are people that connect with God through beauty and awe-inspiring sensory experiences. So they, they like the sights and the sounds and the smells. These people need their senses to be activated in order to feel close to God. Some are moved spiritually by religious art. Others may view the same religious art and feel nothing, but to the sensate, that art connects them with God. One of the greatest collections of religious art in the world is the Rijksmuseum in Amsterdam. I've been there twice, and the collection is really unbelievable. Many kinds of artwork created by some of the greatest art- artists in history portraying various biblical scenes. And it is, is remarkable. There's paintings by Rembrandt there that are massively huge sensei would love a place like that they would feel very close to god in fact there are a number of museums in the world and i've been fortunate to be to some of the absolute greats that i've been to the hermitage in in uh, saint petersburg russia wow and of course the vatican vatican incredible just absolutely unbelievable absolutely incredible religious art and other great museums like the luva for instance in Paris. I mean, you just can hardly go to any of these amazing museums without seeing religious art, and people or sensates would love it. They would. They would also love church architecture, like Duke Chapel, for instance, at my alma mater, Duke University. I mean, it's just one of the great examples of Gothic architecture in 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 America. You know, we don't have a lot of historic cathedrals like Europe does, but a Sensate would walk into do chapel and they'd be moved by the sculptures by the carvings by the stained glass they would feel like they could worship god better and obviously if they went to these many many amazing churches and cathedrals the domo in milan unbelievable absolutely incredible westminster abbey in london or La Sagrada Familia and Barcelona, these churches, I've been to all of them, they are something else. You can appreciate them even if you're not a sensei, but boy, if you're a sensei, you are going to really, really enjoy them. Sensates enjoy classical music, especially those that are religiously inspired. They, they love to celebrate communion, or Eucharist, because they feel like, you know, they get involved with their, their senses, the touching of the bread, the drinking of the, the juice. It's, it's, it's something that they enjoy physically and, and visually. Sensates like to smell incense, kiss crosses, you know, and others may think, well, that's just strange or weird, but it's not to them. It's their spiritual style. It might not be yours, it might not be mine, but that doesn't make it wrong or weird. It helps them connect with God. And, and, you know, some of the sensates, they just, they really enjoy hearing the, the Bible read and say Latin, for instance. Ezekiel is, is an example of a sensate. He talked about the fire and talked about the cloud and, you know, he connected with God through his senses. St. John of the Cross would have been someone who would have been oriented toward the senses and someone like Henry Nowen, who I had the privilege of studying with briefly, is probably the most famous person in, in, in the last 50 or 60 years who would have been uh, defined as a sensei. All right, one more spiritual style, compassionate style. Compassionate people connect with God through service to others, especially the poor and needy. And instead of finding it tiring, exhausting, they find it energizing. They're constantly looking for ways to serve and excited when they find out that there's a new ministry or new opportunity where they can help those that are in need. This is the way they connect with God. They want to feed the hungry. They want to house the homeless. They want to care for the sick. They want to visit those who are in prison. Compassionates are people that want to be involved in in ministry, recovery ministry, helping people free themselves from addiction, prison ministry helping people as they transition back out of the prison or jail into into civilian life, if you would call it that. They want to be at the food pantry. They just feel closest to God when they're helping and serving others. And Maybe this is you. This is how you really connect with God. And my hope is that you can see this and say, yeah, this is really how I do it. In the Bible, the Good Samaritan obviously is the greatest example of that because the story is the story of how we show compassion. Mother Teresa would be an incredible example in more modern times of someone who goes to the poorest of the poor and starts a ministry in Calcutta and India Amazing, and even someone like President Carter, who's helped Habitat Human for Humanity to really, you know, have a, a name and getting someone so many people involved in helping build houses for folks. So, again, there it is eight different spiritual styles. You know, which one helps you connect with God? It's, it's important. And you may say, "Well, I, I, I'm more than one, but one's probably primary, and one's probably secondary for you." And it's it's just helpful if you can understand w- what spiritual style you have. Now, again, you know, having a spiritual style doesn't mean you know, it, uh, I'm not a compassionate. That doesn't mean you shouldn't show compassion, right? Well, I'm not an intellectual. That doesn't mean you shouldn't ever read a book. What it means is that, you know, these particular styles help you to connect with God in a, in a greater way. And again, naturalists, you know, we started talking about naturalists. Naturalists, that, that doesn't mean why well, you don't ever go to church. You know, like, oh, I just go out in nature. Nature's my church. No, you have to go to church. You need to, hear, you need to hear the Bible preach. You need to be in community with others. You need to praise and worship. Even if, again, you say, well, I'm not into that praise and worship stuff. It's not my spiritual style. Nature is, yes, okay, but the church is a place that is important and it is valuable to your growth and development as a believer. So we don't just sort of, you know, pick and choose and say, well, this isn't me, so, you know, I don't have to do this or that. But at the same time, understanding, you know, hey, this is my way that I connect with God. This is how I grow in my relationship with God. Experience his presence in a more uh, significant and everyday way. I mean, that is exciting to be able to realize that, to be able to, to say, yeah, now I, now I get it. Now I know why I'm, I'm more drawn to this or that or the other. And so it's super valuable to be able to have the ability to understand what is the way that you connect with God best. What you should feel and what you should experience when you're moving your spiritual style is I'm getting closer to God. You should feel energized. You should have a kind of passion that is different, that that, that makes you think, this is my sweet spot. You know, this is the place that I really connect with God. This is the place I need to continue in. Because spiritually, I grow best through this particular spiritual style. It's exciting to just think, you know, if you could do that, and if people would do this, imagine the difference it could make. It could take a giant step forward in your growth and connection with God. And that is just exciting to consider what that would look like. As you identify your spiritual style, and in this season of the year that we're celebrating Christmas, what a great time to kind of think about your spiritual life and say, I could identify my spiritual style, and I could really, you know, develop it in a greater way, and you'll be more fulfilled spiritually. You'll have greater excitement and passion about spiritual things than you have before. And that is absolutely a positive development. So I hope you'll take some time. Again, my book, You Got Style, get it at my website, rickmcdaniel.com or get it at Amazon or Barnes & Noble. There's a whole chapter on spiritual styles. There's an inventory at the end that can help you to really identify your style best but identify it and then you know just begin to to move in that direction and realize that this is the way that you best connect with god and i think it will enrich your spiritual life in a really really positive way see you next week you've been listening to the point of impact podcast with rick mcdaniel thanks for tuning in and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode